0: Scare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak.
1: And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans.
0: And on my little computer screen below, Mr. Joe Jans is the superfan, Mr. Mark Piscati.
2: Happy to be here, and I'm going to crush Joe in the trivia. Hey, we're going to we have a bit of a treat tonight because
1: uh, after. five six seven episodes of us taunting mark he uh put his big boy pants on and went out and bought a brand new computer he has now literally upgraded his entire unit so you can now listen to the dulcet tones of mark biscady all the way from chicago illinois we're all thrilled to see you we can actually see you we can hear Mm -hmm. you you're crystal clear this is fantastic our friends i'm sure are applauding right now
0: oh yeah and i think that this might be a night when Mark's internet doesn't go haywire,
2: <laughs> it's good work. You just you just jinxed it. You yeah. just jinxed it. I'm now knocking I, on
1: glass or for you know what? Or Something right now.
0: I'm clicking on his name and it says good network, very good network, actually, very
1: good network. Very,
0: good network, very good network. So this is all this is all looking good. Now I do want to say uh, that this week uh, our theme is Nightmare on Elm Street, but. First, we want to talk about some new movies that we watched because there have been some new ones come out, uh, a lot that's been released in the last uh, couple of weeks and really the last month that maybe we didn't get to when we were doing other things. But um, so I, I definitely want to talk about a few of these. And uh, I don't know, uh, I Joe, I know you saw a couple. What was the what one really stood out to you of new stuff?
1: Uh, I went to go see Quiet Place 2 and in the theaters. Uh, it was uh, definitely worth a watch. I highly recommend it. I'm not going to get into anything specific, but um, it does a really good job of setting up the original movie. So a lot of questions that were, you know, unanswered uh, finally get a, a decent answer to it. And it was. I don't want to say it was as good as the original, but it was pretty close. Um, of course, you'll never be able to catch lightning in a bottle the second time. That whole concept was uh, was wonderful that they pulled off in the first Quiet Place. Uh, but this just a very decent continuation of the story. I, I liked it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought it was uh, a really good sequel. One of those rare sequels that really lives up to the expectations of the first one. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that the action was fantastic. The, that f- opening scene where it was sort of a kind of a prequel opening scene, you know, uh, it, where it shows how kind of how everything started. It doesn't really explain it other than you see a giant ball in the sky of fire or whatever. And the next thing, you know, these things are all over the place, but, um, I thought that was pretty exciting and uh, it was really I mean, the story was pretty straightforward, but it was an excellent uh, action movie, basically. I mean, I, it's obviously in the horror genre, too, in the same way that like Aliens or or any apocalypse movie would be. But uh, but there was just there was just a lot of great action scenes. And, it you know, for a guy directing it who was started out as just an actor, he, I don't think I don't think uh, what's his name? John Krasinski. John Cruz. I don't think he ever went to film school or anything like that. But he, I mean, those are some pretty well orchestrated action sequences. What, what did you think, Mark?
2: Well, I, I actually did not see it yet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, it, it was on my list. I was going to do it, and then I got uh, held back doing, you know, other projects and all that. So I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but good reviews on it. Also, um, I, I did see the beginning because they did like a short clip on YouTube, and I watched that, and. It looked pretty fantastic. Cillian Murphy's in this movie, correct?
0: Yeah. I think his name's Killian. Killian. Yeah. Killian. Yeah.
2: From Uh, 28 Days Later. He's great in it?
0: Yeah. He's he's really good in it. He's always good, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, anything new that you saw?
2: I saw Spontaneous, guys.
1: There you go. Yay. I
2: saw Spontaneous. And... Man, what a great movie. You guys were completely right. Um, I got tears in my eyes. Uh, that E.T. scene in uh, in the bubble. And, you know, she's going, Elliot, E.T. I, I, I just, it, I had, like, a smile ear to ear. Great cast. It, you were completely right about, like, the John Hughes feels. The music in it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um the tension because you kind of knew something was going to happen with one of the main characters because you just saw it developing and you knew it was going to happen. And when someone spontaneously combusted and a jawbone uh, gave her a nice little bruise on the forehead and the screen went red and I, you knew it was happening and you saw it coming up and the screen goes red, and I'm just like, I have my hands over my face going, no, 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 because you just knew it was going to happen, and when it happened, I had some tears in my eyes. What a great film. It absolutely, it's going to be in my top five of the favorite movies uh, all year. I, thanks for the rec- recommendation. It just a fantastic movie. The music in that was just incredible. So, yeah. Yeah
0: yeah like I said, it was almost like a John Hughes horror movie or something, yeah if it had been set in the eighties, it would have been like perfect <sighs> yeah um, so I hope uh, all of
1: our listeners will take that to heart. I mean, all three of us felt that that film got knocked out of the park. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it there's you know we'll wait we'll be here when is, you get back
0: I think we Four can call stars. we can we can call this Cinescare certified
1: yeah yes
0: absolutely.
2: yes
1: we can yeah, yeah, um, let's see. You know, uh, we, we could talk about the Conjuring Three. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. Uh, I did see that,
0: and uh, I did not go to the theaters because I had a, a feeling it might not be worth the eighty dollars you have to spend nowadays to watch a movie in the movie theater. Uh, and I was correct about that. I I didn't hate it, which is probably the best praise I can give it. I didn't hate it. I gave it two and a half cuts. I think I, I found it disappointing, but it wasn't horrible. Uh, it was. I definitely was there the whole time but you know it's it it was a part three of a series and really when you consider all the other movies that are tied to that universe it's more like a part eight or something like that and I didn't I don't know it just didn't do anything for me I I I you know I I think if you didn't have such good actors those two those two really sell those parts um, Vera Farmiga and uh, I can't remember his name
2: Patrick now. Wilson
0: yeah Patrick Wilson uh, they're so good that that they really they I think make up for a kind of mediocre to not great script uh, and 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 I think the the film really benefited from them but it really lacked a certain james wan factor to me i i think a lot of the uh really tense moments weren't as tense you know without his direction you know and um i don't i, I don't know i came away from it feeling like yeah and i was I, to, I admittedly i found myself dozing off towards the end a little bit but uh it, it just didn't do anything for me i know joe liked it better than i did but
1: yeah, and I'm I'm sure that's shocking most people because I'm not really a ghost movie type of guy. I mean, I like the classics. The well, this uh, was more possessions. Sorry, yeah. Um, you know, like The Exorcist is is one of you know my top. It's one of everybody's favorites. But this isn't normally my thing. But I hate to say it, but I actually kind of liked it. Um, what did you, you like know, about it? I. I, again, the characters, the actors in that sell it really well. Um, I love the idea of them trying to put the devil um, in a court case. You know, I, I was I was fascinated by that. I, I love the whole concept of every time somebody goes into court, they put their hand on the Bible, they're admitting that God exists. Maybe it's start time. You know, it's about time that we start realizing that so does the devil. Um, I thought the acting was great. I liked the storyline. I, I loved those creepy totems that they made and were, uh, you know, hiding around the town to keep this curse going alive. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't I, go. ahead. I,
0: I, I liked the totems, the, the look of them, but I didn't still didn't quite understand why they were being placed underneath certain homes and why
1: their home and that home in particular, I, I still didn't quite understand that. It's yeah. I re- didn't
2: understand it either.
1: It's you guys really need to understand merchandising because they're going to be selling these at every Toys R Us across the nation. I guarantee Oh, you. I see. Okay. You yeah, got to collect incredible. them all and trade them with your friends. But, I, did, I did enjoy the beginning of the
2: film, like the first uh, 10 minutes when they were doing the exorcism, uh, exorcist of the the little boy. Um, I thought it was pretty creepy. Uh, the claw marks, the claw uh, marks on the walls, and all that when he, he was bringing him downstairs. I, I mean, this kind of stuff really creeps me out, and I, I really held my attention at the very beginning I was going. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, then it just kind of dragged uh, with the heart attack and forgetting pills, and. It was more like, all right, well, it, it is this just about him with the heart attack, and and is he going to die at the end? Um, there was at the end of the film, not too much uh, spoilers, but um, there was a montage of The Shining with the sledgehammer, basically when he's going, you know, through the hallways underneath the the house. I mean, that was complete, you know, Jack Torrance uh, moment there. It it didn't really hold my interest. I mean, I the actors are great. I did enjoy um, uh, the teenager that was on trial for it. I really thought he was a good
1: actor. He was very good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what his name was, but um, I'd, I'd be interested to see a little bit more of him in there. Uh, yeah, it was it was just okay. It was it was a film that I'm probably going to forget. I did like the morgue scene. Uh, when she's holding on to the dead uh, corpse's hand, and uh, the big fat corpse got up, and I mean that was creepy. I I I uh actually put my hand over my eyes
0: uh, yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, but, that was there. Yeah. There were little moments like that that kind of made it. Um, and let's see. So I watched a couple movies that uh I'm going to mention together because they're both very similar uh the first one was called the vigil and the other the second one was called uh caveat now the vigil is about uh this Jewish uh, old Jewish man who has died and his wife is um is alive but uh she's elderly as well and th- this this uh kind of a guy who's sort of depressed uh, he, he's had some real tragedy in his life. He gets approached by this Orthodox Jewish, uh, I think he's a rabbi. Uh, he comes to him and asks him if he will do the vigil. And in, and I guess in Orthodox Jewish uh, religion, there's the night after someone dies, they are laid out uh, in the living room of the home and they hire someone. If, if a family member is not available to sit as a vigil over the body, uh, then they hire someone to uh to do that, so this kid who's kind of depressed and he's had some darkness in his life he's jewish as well they The rabbi hires him to two pays him two hundred dollars i believe it is uh to uh sit vigil over this body and of course mayhem ensues because it turns out that this guy who died had a demon attached to him because of something that happened in his life and it, it was very creepy. It's it's really there were a lot of very tense moments, a couple really solid jump scares that uh, that that I was not expecting, and uh, some some very very creepy, very James Wan esque, uh, uh, almost like Conjuring kind of moments uh, that were that were uh, quite creepy. Uh, and then the second one was called the called Cave- Caveat. And it's a similar concept anyway, and that is there, there's this uh, a house that's on this island. It's, it, it was set, I believe, in England, uh, but there's a house on an island, and this guy's brother has died. And, and so his daughter, this guy's niece, um, she has gone to the house to live there, but she's schizophrenic, and she needs someone with her and so this uncle is is worried about her so he hires this guy who again is very much like the vigil has kind of a trauma in his ba- background we don't it's unfolds as you go and you find out what's happened uh he hires this the uncle hires this guy that he knows to go and and stay the night stay the weekend i think it is uh with the girl 5 oh, it was it 5 days stay 5 days with the girl and uh and and st- sit with her cuz she has schizophrenia and she goes through these fits where she just sits there with her hands over her face and nobody can communicate with her and she can't break out of it for a while. When she's when she's not in one of those fits she's very lucid and uh fairly intelligent. Uh but of course when he gets there there's there's mayhem ensuing and ghostly activity but also very human activity. There's more to the the guy who's hired uh, to be staying at this house, there's more to his story than meets the eye. So it it it's really involved. It's hard to explain without going too far into it, but it's part ghost story, part kind of uh, psychological thriller, and it's really really effective. It, it this is um, pro- most likely going to be in my top ten movies of the year, probably top five. It's really, really solid. Both of these movies are great, but I really came away from caveat feeling like, wow, uh, my wife, Michelle and I, we sat and watched it and and we both got the, cre- I got goosebumps in this movie um, and that doesn't happen all the time for me, uh, but I did. There were some scenes that gave me goosebumps. Um, uh, so it's, it's pretty uh, fantastic. I highly recommend that. And that's called caveat. It is on shutter. Uh I think the vigil I rented maybe, or maybe it's on Hulu. I I don't remember now, but um the Vigil I uh, was on something else, but but uh uh but caveat is on Shudder and it was fantastic. Um Did you guys watch anything else new?
1: No, I'm only like fifteen minutes into caveat. Um oh, okay. but uh no.
0: Yeah, the acting in that is terrific, too. The the only other movie I did watch was Honeydew. I want to mention that was an indie film starring Steven Spielberg's son, um, Sawyer Spielberg. And uh, that was a terrific film as well. Uh, But it it really gets dark and it's not pleasant to watch. Um, It's about a couple who gets lost out in the middle of nowhere and they go to this farm and – and there's this old woman there feeding them meat and there's some suggestion of where this meat came from it 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 felt a little bit like um a bit like texas chainsaw massacre uh because this family has something weird going on you know it's a little bit like that but it it's a very dark and very unpleasant movie to watch uh but I kinda liked it and uh I think this was a first time director indie film so you gotta tip your hat off to it. I, I think the this director there were some things that f- kind of felt a little like film school stuff to me, but overall it was a good movie. Yeah Joe?
1: I did uh I totally forgot. There was one other thing that I watched. Uh it's a short on Shudder. It's called Cat Calls. It's only nine minutes long Did either one oh, of yeah. you guys see that.
0: Yeah I did. No, I, I, I think I watched I, that for Shocktober a couple years ago.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, short, it came but... out in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's nine minutes long, twenty twenty. Um, if anybody has shutter, do do yourself a favor and watch that one. I I'm not gonna tell you anything about it because I will spoil it because it's only nine minutes long and I can't get too far into it, but um it's uh interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I liked that one. There's yeah. another short on there too that I kinda like, but I don't remember that one now. But but cat call, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um okay. Well Without further ado, it's time for us to get into the theme of this episode.
1: Right, hang on, let me let me get an aspirin first.
0: <laughs> Which was a nightmare on Elm Street series. The franchise. And look, uh I really loved this series at one time, uh, but I didn't I found I, I do realize now that I've thought about it, that I didn't I never really have revisited most of these movies, you know, Halloween series. I've revisited all of those many times, obviously. And Friday the 13th, I've revisited almost all of those many times, you know, one, at least, made a,
1: well, yeah,
0: <laughs> well, but at least one through six, I've revisited many times. And, you know, m- there are many series like, like there are a few anyway that I, you'll revisit, but I, I realized that nightmare on Elm street, I really didn't. And, and I, and I started thinking about, it. I was like, why is that? Well, I, I think we came to realize that, that the series just isn't that great. I mean, but I don't want to start off on a negative foot. So I feel like we should start off talking about the first one, which was a, f- a, f- a decidedly fantastic movie, especially when it came out at, in its, in its moment and everything is, it is, a, it is a classic. Um, what what do you guys
1: think, Joe? I I just want to start off by saying if any of our listeners have decided to do the same thing we did and watch this series, if they're revisiting it, follow my lead. Watch it in reverse order again. Because if you can stomach through, you know, you got all that energy at the beginning, like, all right, I'm going to watch all these. If you can stomach through the last half and you know that every movie is going to continue to get better, you'll get through it all. But trust me, if I had started with number one and tried working all the way out through to the remake, I don't know that I would have made it
2: i i one hundred percent agree with that joe i I wish I went your route i I made fun of you I said you're insane uh i I wish I would have done that because when I got to a certain part of the franchise i was i had like about four movies to go. And I said, Oh boy, this is going to be a drag. This is going to be a long, long haul. And boy, was it. And you were just getting to the cherry on top. And I was just getting to the plate. It was, it was, it was, it's, it was pretty brutal.
1: It's a pretty dirty plate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So let's, let's,
0: how about number one? What when, let's what publish what, the
1: apple. Yeah. What,
0: were, what was your, uh, what was d you, do you have a how did I, you watch number one and when did you watch it
1: i i saw nightmare on Elm Street. And i think i talked about this at one of our earlier earlier episodes uh i was in sixth or seventh grade and i was uh i played youth football like pop warner type football stuff and at the end of the season um we had a party at uh, one of the coaches houses and one of the older kids on the team brought nightmare on elm street first like real official horror film that I had seen scared the piss out of me. Couldn't sleep for days. I just swore that now that I had seen it, I was cursed and I was going to have, you know, Freddy in my actual dreams. Um I, I loved it, you know, and it was that, that's what got the giant snowball rolling down the Hill, which was, you know, I got to have more of this. This is, I can't believe that emoted such uh, an emotional reaction out of me. Um, But I loved it. I thought the the storyline was new and interesting. I'd never seen anything like that. I thought the characters were fantastic. The special effects were amazing. The only one I never really cared for that I still laugh about to this day is when Freddy's arms grow (laughs) in the middle of the alley when he's walking down the street. But the, you know, the giant cascading pools of blood coming up out of the beds and, the the rolling room where um was Tina you know it, it gets uh, attacked and killed originally it was it was fantastic i loved it
2: yeah tina one of my favorite slasher girls man oh she beautiful i love her um also with that uh rolling room um and i'm going to bring up that movie the stuff they used the stuff used that movie <laughs> they used that movie uh or that room in the movie, The Stuff, uh, where it, it was on the gimbal and they could rotate it and all that. The Stuff actually used uh, that room for a scene.
0: You know, Just, wh- remind me, there was a really um, classic scene in this stuff where where the guy uh, gives the, the cab driver a tip or something like that. Yeah,
1: how, how much was that? 10%. 10%. 10%. I
2: thought
1: it was like eight. Or those, are de- wow. like those are the that, details yeah. you're looking for.
0: <laughs> uh, you got to see that movie. Uh, yeah, well, I, if I can get through the, the tip
2: scene, I, can, I can I'm,
1: I'm a fan of everything Paul Servino does. Yeah. You're going to love <laughs> this. You're going to love this stuff the guy's there. entire catalog. <laughs> well, I,
0: so part one for me, I, it was one of those like watershed moments in my life where it, it just, it was such a combination of scaring the crap out of me as a kid. I think I, I saw it in the movie theater in downtown Rock Island. Uh, they used to have a movie theater down there in the district. Um, I, I think they closed it. I don't think there's a movie theater down there anymore, but, uh, it, it was playing at those. It didn't actually play at the cinemas, uh, out there, uh, which audience, if you guys aren't from the Quad Cities, then you don't know what we're talking about. But, um, but they, but they, there was a, uh, it they were film or they were, uh, showing it down there at this little theater and, uh, I I just remember I went and I I was with my brother and one of his friends and I was like nervous about it because I'd heard it was so scary and everything and that first scene where the girl where Tina is you know in the rolling room where she's flying up onto the ceiling uh, this guy stood up and he's like that's it for me and he stands (laughs) up and walks out and he's not like I just remember he had like five little kids with him. And they all come running out like, wait, wait, like they didn't want to leave. And that was it. Like he, I don't know if he didn't realize what the movie was and thought it was a kid's movie or what, but he stood up and said, that's it for me. And the whole audience like busted out laughing. <laughs> um, But uh, it was, that, that was just a one of those moments that was just like, <laughs> it's in, in, it's like ingrained in my head, but that whole scene uh, and, you know, that I didn't mind the arm stretching out thing because it's a dream. You know, if that had been like expected to be believed in real life, that would be one thing, but because it's a dream, it kind of had a dream logic to it. Yeah. Mark.
2: What, how old were you when you watched this in the movie theater? You Uh, must've
0: been young. Well, I mean, it came out in 84, I believe. Right. So I was 14.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I, I I just remember it was around the time when I was I I really was getting into horror movies before that but but you know it was it was when I would could finally go to the movie theater to see a movie I'm surprised my mom let me because it was rated R and my mom was pretty conservative um but I went with my brother so I don't I don't know that she knew what the rating was but um I did but the story that that always Remains in my head about this. Of course, I, I loved the movie. I thought it was scary. I thought it was great. A lot of people laugh about the ending. I thought the ending had a had a a, a really disorienting, almost uh, it, it, it to me. I thought it worked, even though it looks fakie. Her being pulled in through the window. There was something just so off-putting about that scene that even though it kind of was faky looking, it there's a dream logic to it and it and it really bothered me that ending. And when I got home that night, I go upstairs. This was during, I believe it was in the spring or summer. It was warm and it, at any rate, I go upstairs, sit down on my bed, and I had one of those blinds, you know, that you used to and I don't think they even make them anymore, but they were the blinds that used to pull down. And if you just and you pull them down, but when you want to raise them again, you just kind of give them a little tug, and then they they shoot up, you know. Well, mine didn't work so well, so I, I I like go out and I pull and I had just read Stephen King's It too, so I I will always uh like equate Stephen King's It to my experience with Nightmare on Elm Street. And there was a scene. I'm sorry, this is a long story, but there was a scene in Stephen King's It where one of the characters is lying in bed and he and I just remember it was towards the end of a chapter and he's afraid to look at the window because he knows there's going to be a clown face looking in at him and I just remember how how Stephen King um how he described that and it creeped me out and so from then on I was pulling the the blinds down in in my bedroom well I go home Pull down the blind, sit on my bed, and I'm sitting there, like freaking myself out a little bit, looking around my room in the dark. And that blind snapped up <laughs> like it like like it just went <laughs> scared me to like jumped up from my bed scared me to death so i'll always associate that movie with that feeling i got that that really awesome feeling you get after you see a really scary movie where you're kind of creeped out but you had a such a fun time you know it, it's just it's it's the only thing that that uh that horror is the only genre that can do that you know really affect you in that
1: way i i want to discussed that ending uh not the one where she says you know i'm taking away all your power but like a minute right before that so freddie is being trapped in the house and lit on fire and manages to go all the way upstairs into the mother's bedroom jumps on top of her while he's on fire and the are are they still married are they divorced do we know I think, the di-
2: I think they're divorced.
1: Okay, that's what I had assumed too. So the divorce, the the ex-husband, the police chief or whatever he is, throws a blanket over the top of the two of them to put the fire out, pulls it back, Freddie's just gone, and their his wife or once was wife, is just a a skeleton, just a meat stick. Yeah. And just magically the bed just starts like smoking and fogging and then she just like falls into an abyss and their reaction is just well that's over yeah you know? and he just like puts a blanket around nancy and just tries to walk her out of the room like w- wait a minute what did you just what you didn't react to this what you just saw at all yeah well <laughs> and also that kind of brings
0: to mind the 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 rules of Freddy and and the rules in this series for Freddy's existence in the dream world or out of the dream world are are all over the place, and it starts from from I mean there's no one of the sequels didn't know what to do because it really starts in 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 uh, the first one, yeah she brings him out but he goes back into that bed, yeah and the bed yeah. becomes just a bed. Like, where did he go? Like, that's not, there there's a, if he, if she brought him out of the dream world into our world, then he shouldn't have gone back into that bed. He, he shouldn't, I mean, does he have the power to go back into the dream world? You know what I mean? Like maybe he does, but, but the, the rules of this, of what, why, what Freddie can do and what he can't get really, well, I mean, part two, you know, at the, at the, uh the pool scene is you know, there's no—he's totally breaking his own rules with that scene. But, um, but, but the the rules for him are kind of all over the place, which I think kind of feels like cheating sometimes. Uh, but yeah, no, I get what you mean, Joe, with that scene. What were you? Well, what about,
2: about uh, well, well, what about uh, just about maybe Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone, uh, stole uh, the premise of Home Alone from Nightmare on Elm Street because. Nancy was literally doing what Macaulay Culkin was doing with the sledgehammer by the door, uh, putting gunpowder into you know light bulbs and balls. all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that was completely like from like whole, Home Alone. I think Chris Columbus stole the little ideas from that, but I love that. Uh, can we talk about Johnny Depp's first movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's called Night on Elm Street, and yeah. we've been talking about it for about six minutes <laughs> well, yeah, now. I know, Joe. Uh, I know welcome that. to I'm the just, show, Mark.
2: No, I. I, I am your host, and I
1: am also your host, Joe Jam. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but it's Johnny Depp's first movie. It was his first movie, and yeah,
1: he's uh, great in it.
2: And I, I, I was doing a little research and all that, and uh, Johnny Depp was annoying, uh Wes Craven. Because he kept on, after every scene, he kept on going up to Wes Craven he's going, I don't think I'm doing a good job. I do think I'm doing horrible. And Wes is going, no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. And finally, Wes just said, you're fine. You're doing great. Stop bugging me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. And then, so, we move on to part 2. And when I I saw part 2, I saw the first 3 movies in the movie theater. And uh when they first came That's out.
2: That's awesome by the way.
0: And part 2 was a real letdown to me and I really never revisited it until this uh one. Now, I looking back on it now, I mean I, I, I having no, known a little bit more about what's behind it and I watched that documentary Uh, called Scream Queen, which which was focused on the the male lead and his his career, which was basically ruined because of all of the the homosexual uh, kind of undertones of the movie making him look bad. And back then, Hollywood was still very homophobic. And so it kind of ruined his career. Uh, and nobody was there to protect him and tell him, Hey, don't scream like that. Or, you know what I mean? Uh, and don't, uh, and, and then, I mean, there were some things uh, the whole gay story was, it was not just subtext. It was like in it, you know, and, and I didn't really catch that when I was a teenager I, at all. I just thought that it kind of was boring. Uh, Freddie, there wasn't a lot going on really for through most of it. And, uh it was it was more about this kid, really, and, and really it is. But this time around, watching it and knowing a little bit more of the background, I appreciated it. And also, I will say that this is also the last uh kind of scary Freddy. Uh he's still the Freddy of the first movie rather than the wisecracker. After this, he becomes he has all those lines that get worse and worse with each movie, uh and 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 all of that kind of stuff. <laughs>
2: Wow, wow. Well, part two was my my, uh, first time I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I did not see the original because with with Nightmare on Elm Street, I was just a little bit too young. I knew uh, the lore about Nightmare on Elm Street, how scary it was. And back then when I was young, I I was scared of horror movies. I didn't want to watch it. But um, when... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 came out on VHS. Uh, I was at a sleepover and we watched it and I was pretty nervous about it. Um I actually really like this movie and I always have. Um and with with the uh, Mark's Scream, uh, what, what's the actor's name? Um oh jeez. I forgot the actor's name, but the uh the actor who plays Mark, the, the, Mark, yeah. Mark Patton. Mark Patton, yeah. Um, so I think he has one of the best screams in a horror cinema. I mean, it is blood curdling screams, great screams. I I don't know why, like everybody has a problem with him and, uh, screaming. I think it's great. You're, uh, you're muted.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I think back then people laughed at it because I mean, everyone was, relatively homophobic back then you know yeah. i mean it just it was it was kind of uh common you know to just be homophobic um and and so i think people kind of laughed about it and really i mean he's playing a scream queen or a a, a final girl i mean that's a final girl role uh but a, a boy's playing it And I there... really yeah go ahead And it it, it wasn't adjusted for a male playing that part. It's almost like they just took a final girl role and cast it with a boy. And, uh, you know, the whole dancing scene and he's, you know, bumping his butt up against the the drawer. And then, of course, I mean, the most blatant uh, scene was going into that bar that is obviously a leather bar and, and it's not necessarily a gay bar, but it, you know, it has that sense to it. The the women who are in there look a little masculine and, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's really, I mean, at the time I think I didn't think anything of it, but I mean, having watched it and knowing the context, it's just there, you know, and then the whole shower scene with the coach. I mean, that's that's,
1: uh, right there that that's specifically what I wanted to bring up the the continuity of the story I I don't know where all of this came from um by the way I I did it was doing research and uh the dancing scene was supposed to be an answer to or tribute to um risky business yeah. That right. dancing scene. Yeah. So, so our, our lovable Mark Patton character, he can't sleep. And so all of a sudden he just like walks out the front door and walks into an S&M bar. I, at, at first I thought he was part of a dream, but no, it turns out that's a reality. And it, it just seemed like it was a close enough walk. He's just walking around with a shirt on. On but totally unbuttoned, and walks into an S and M bar that totally didn't make sense. No shoes. Gets, yeah, no shoes either. And then he gets caught by his his gym coach, and the very next scene is the, they're in the gym. It's like he's making him do laps because he caught him drinking a beer. And I'm like, what jurisdiction do you have outside of high school? Well, I think that
0: you know the question is what was the what was the if the if he hadn't been killed by Freddie slash Jesse, uh, what was what was the coach's intentions that night? You know, because well, he because he he had him go take a shower. And then, of course, the coach goes and gets these jump ropes and everything. I mean, it's it's very, you know, homo uh, erotic, not homo erotic. What's the term? Um, but, but it, I mean, the, the subtext is there, you know,
1: that's also the beginning of all the rules beginning to break. Yeah. Like why? Okay. Nobody's asleep. Nobody is asleep at all. But all of a sudden, all the balls on the shelf in the, the locker room start to fall off and get thrown across the room. Well, I think the idea is that, that Jesse is gaining
0: uh, like Freddie. It's almost a possession tale more than making making it it up well no it's I mean that's really what what's happening is he's being possessed i mean that's it jesse or uh uh um Freddie comes out of him you know at the
2: at the party.
1: this all sounds made up <laughs> I, know, I, I, mean, <laughs> I
0: think they were making it up certainly, but, uh, but that was
2: a great scene though when uh Freddie does come out of jesse's body i mean yeah yeah I special that. effects that was yeah. fantastic yeah no
0: it was great uh great practical effects, yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah. It reminded me of the thing, actually, you know. Just yeah,
0: a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: and uh, a lot of people have a problem with that, you know, whole thing kind of breaking the rules. But by that point, I, I mean, the <clears throat> rules were all over the place, so why not have him um, come out of there? So, um, and
1: and I, I just want to reiterate. Uh, some of the matt said earlier for those of you who do want to go down this little uh nightmarish path there was a movie that we all watched was a documentary called scream queens which follows the actor mark patton uh after this movie like uh matt said he just sort of dropped off the face of the earth for about 30 years until somebody decided to do a documentary and they tracked him down um the documentary i actually liked it was interesting that was um, it
2: was really good it was really good yeah screen queen might nightmare on elm street
1: yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was terrific it was more interesting than the movie
2: <laughs> yeah it, it was interesting just watching them at like a horror con and you see uh robert england and and uh yeah yeah it's 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 really good uh, he was really tortured this yeah. uh mark Penn and i mean and he even uh you know said I'm not going to do this unless, you know, I confront the director. He's going, yeah. "Why did you do this?" and the director's just going, "You just got to let it go, man." It's right. like, and man, it was it, the
0: writer and then the right. writer yes. had yeah, yeah, had kind of thrown him under the bus and everything, but it uh I I just thought, you know, I mean, yeah, he was tortured, but I mean, really it comes down to any gay male uh, of his age at that time was tortured you know and and made to feel you know uh people used gay as an insult you know oh that's so gay or you know what i mean and and as a as a derogatory uh um term uh and so uh you know he his experience was really uh every young gay male's experience for this but i mean it still is to some degree but back then especially i mean it was it was in, it was open about people being homophobic back then.
2: And he had, he he had a really good career going. I mean, he had a, he did a movie with Cher. He was on Broadway with Cher and it it was, he was really up and coming. And I really think he was a decent actor and it's it's just, it it was a shame. It was a shame to see that.
0: But, and, and as for the movie, I uh, came to appreciate it a lot more this time. And I like the fact that it stuck with scary Freddie and didn't turn him into just a, you know well we'll move on to part 3 uh which i think was to me the best of the rest of the sequels uh part 4 and 5 uh i you know there were some things in 4 i didn't mind so much 5 was 5 was really i don't know what it was but 5 was so hard to get through for me this stay
2: time. on target Maybe stay on target <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> on number 3 yeah. yeah i know
0: but uh number 3 <clears throat> i i you know, I liked it. Uh, I It would have been interesting to see what, I guess, Wes Craven had uh, a, a, a different script originally that he wrote for part five, or I'm sorry, for part three. And they brought in uh, uh, other writers to, to correct it, the studio did. Um, but I guess his version of part three was very dark and probably would have stuck with Scary Freddy rather than turn him into a, a, a you know, one-liner. A cartoon liner. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, he kind of got his wish when he did uh, a new nightmare because that's kind of like the the direction he was going. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which, (laughs) which wasn't great anyway. So you know, it didn't be on target. But but I think that but new nightmare uh, was had changed by then because there'd been all these sequels where Freddy his whole personality changed, and new nightmare kind of took that on too.
1: What it didn't have though is, of course, Lawrence Fishburne.
2: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: It was. It was. I'm like. I must have watched. I don't know. 15 minutes of seeing Lawrence Fishburne on screen before I realized. What in the hell is Lawrence Fishburne doing in a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three?
2: Well, I don't think he he yeah. really did much work. Uh. Before. It's got to be
1: one of his early films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first. So his first I
2: think film it, was uh, Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But
2: I don't remember any films he's done after Apocalypse and uh, Dream Warriors actually.
1: Yeah. I,
0: yeah, no, he didn't he didn't do he wasn't doing a lot in the eighties. Uh I I mean he may have done a lot, but he wasn't a name then, uh certainly. But uh and then of course Patricia Arquette. Um and I, I read uh uh doing my research on this, I guess uh the director said that uh every of all of the young male actors had like huge crushes on her. Like they, they were in love with Patricia Arquette. Really? Yeah. And then of course they didn't keep her around for part four, but, uh, and they recast the part probably because, well, no, she probably didn't want to come back by that
2: point. Well, she was busy with the, the roller boys with Corey Haim. Cause that was a 1990
1: <laughs> <laughs> prayer for the roller boys. Good, good call go. out, Mark. Yeah. You're and welcome.
0: of course, uh, the term that we are probably going to uh start using for super fan Mark, uh, Bastard son of a hundred maniacs <laughs> came from part three. thousand maniacs. Or th- was it a thousand maniacs? I think it's a thousand. A yeah. thousand maniacs. No, yeah. there,
1: was there, a thousand
2: thousand? Thousand? Yeah, there wasn't a thousand in there. It was only there were, I I it
1: was it was a hundred? I think it was a hundred. I think it was a hundred. I must have miscounted the men. Yeah. How many guys was she with that night, Joe? I don't know. Uh, it was
0: none. I mean, even <laughs> that... Even that term doesn't make sense because there's really only one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like all hundred guys sperm, you know, came into the egg. But
2: anyway. well, Robert was I uh, you did see uh, uh, Robert England as one of the prisoners in there, yep. just walking around and all that. Yep. So it, it must have been him. It must have been it
1: his feet. Probably feed. just him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But. <laughs> I, I liked it. I did like the idea that the, you know. I, I like one thing. I will give this series is that they did try to go in different directions. They didn't try to do the same thing. I I can't say that it always worked, but they did try to do different things. And the idea of having these characters have powers that they could fight back was kind of interest, kind of interesting it, to me.
2: It was interesting, but I mean, out of all the powers you can have, like. Uh, out of all the imagination you have, and you're going to be, I'm an acrobat. I could, I could flip like a gymnast. I mean, come on. I, the only guy that I really uh, thought that kind of could have used his powers was the wizard, you know, because Dungeons and Dragons was still kind of a thing, and that was neat for the wizard. One was just a badass with uh, switchblades. He had Patricia Arquette, um, Kristen, who was an acrobat. You had Kincaid, who was uh, just strong, strong. And, what was uh, what was
0: Patricia Arquette's power?
2: She could Acrobat. She could, yeah, she could do a Ford flip. I yeah. thought
0: she <laughs> I thought she had some power in terms of the dream world though. Didn't oh, she have yeah, some, she, could, she could bring them all to her
1: or something like that? Yeah, 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 she and had let's, that. Let's let's not downplay the 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 girl who was beautiful and bad.
2: In my dreams I'm beautiful.
1: I mean, she got two powers. Yeah, you Let's know, she's dance. got that she's got that mohawk power going. That's really going to come in handy in the dream world against Freddy. You know? I
0: think his no, it wasn't her death. It was the the girl who wanted to be a TV star or something like that. Wasn't she the oh, one? Oh, yeah.
2: was I think that, well, was that, that was the tagline. Yeah. That was Welcome the first to prime time, bitch. That yeah, was that it. was
0: that was his first. The prime time, bitch. like bad line bad
2: yeah sort. that was it that's that's when nightmare on elm street i really think took a huge dive because well, i saw i saw dream warriors uh in the movie theater that was my first nightmare movie to see in the movie theater and everybody just was saying that after the movie welcome the prime time bitch and it just caught on and i think that's when um it was freddie just as on oh, nothing but taglines yeah it, Really I destroyed think it was, the franchise.
1: I think it was destroyed the minute they hired Dockin to write a song for it. <laughs> no, that's, oh it. You, no, <laughs> that's a good
2: song. That's a good song.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I swear to God, Mark, if you start singing it, I'm cutting every inch of it, inch of it out. So I'm not gonna sing it. I, I, <laughs> I promise I won't.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, I I don't know that I like that song, but it does make me smile a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um okay uh, what the hell was number 4 Well number 4 was the dream uh, not, dream master the dream master yeah and uh, uh I you know this one there <laughs> I I don't even know what to say. I, d- I will say that my wife used to walk our dog in the neighborhood we used to live in here in Burbank and the boyfriend's house in that movie uh was down the down the street from where she used to walk the dog and uh she always used to admire the house because it was this cute little kind of cottage looking thing and uh uh the owner said oh it was in Friday the th- or it was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part 4 and uh so that that's my little story about that house sorry Anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh uh I, I hate the fact that they did this, but they named Kincaid's dog Jason. Just it was kind of like a little uh, stab at Friday 13th, called the dog Jason.
0: That was my favorite and then, part.
2: You know, and uh and then how how do you resurrect Freddy Krueger in in the Dream Master? Oh yeah, the dog urinates on Freddy's uh, grave in Fire shoots out of the dog's uh, uh, thing. That's how Freddy is basically wiener? got. It's wiener, yeah. yeah. That's literally how Freddy gets resurrected. Oh boy.
1: Is this the one with the kids that escape uh, the? They like hijack or they jump in the van as they're pulling no, away. Or is that no, no, that's fire? Freddy's dead. Okay, God, It's just, just <laughs> such a... them all mixed up. It's like a malted milkshake. I'm going to win this trivia. I'm going to yeah. win it.
0: Uh, and then does anybody have anything they want to say about uh, the dream baby or whatever it's called? The dream child?
2: Oh. Well, it's the boy. That was his tagline. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I did like uh, Dan's uh, scene, um, Alice's uh, boyfriend. I mean, if we're going to get into the dream child. Uh, so they were seniors in part four. And so they're graduating at the beginning of the dream child. They have all of a sudden like a whole group of new friends, like nothing happened. Oh, speaking of, uh, uh, part four, just real quick. Um, they killed, they had, they had, they brought back Joey, the one that couldn't speak and Kincaid, and then they killed them off at the very beginning and Kristen. So basically dream warriors, didn't matter at all. They all died. And nothing mattered. So Dream Warriors just had no outcome at all. It's like basically uh, Alien Three when uh, you know Ripley and Newt and Hicks, you know, survive and Bishop and then Alien Three kill them off. They're all gone. And I thought that uh, what a wasted opportunity because you were already invested in Kincaid and Joey and you're just going to move on to other characters that weren't even really that interesting.
0: Well, they did the same thing in part 4. They they killed the main, you know, they killed the uh Patricia Arquette character, which mm-hmm. they recast and then right. they killed her. Why now I didn't understand why they even had her in there then. Like exactly. if they were going to focus on somebody else, why even have the character when you have to recast it? I can understand if they brought the character back and Patricia Garkett was still playing it, but you recast it and she's gone after like, what, 20 minutes at at most?
2: Yeah, I, I think she was in it for like 30 minutes or, or whatnot. And and then she's in like the furnace and she's in the water and she's about to die. And all she has to do is die. And instead, she forces her power or whatever into Alice. And so now Freddie can go after Alice. And then all these other kids die. It's just a mess.
1: Yeah. I can't believe I'm listening to Mark explain this to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Joe Joe's rubbing his head
1: over. Yeah. I it's, it was all of the pop culture pandering in these movies that I just couldn't stand. It's like, all right, we got to have a guy who's into comic books and we're going to have a comic book kill. And, for, uh skateboards are big, so let's have Freddy ride a skateboard. And then, yeah. of course, oh. my least favorite of all of them is the stupid Nintendo Power Glove. Now you're playing with power, and I'm going to be able to control a human being in reality with a joystick. Yeah. Now I'm playing with power! It's just
0: so dumb. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Th- those last few were, were really... Uh, they were not easy to watch. They they jumped the shark, Matt. Oh, they, they totally
2: jumped, jumped the shark. The shark. Yeah, yeah. They jumped they jumped the shark when they brought Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Uh, to <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: said. exactly. Just they, for yeah. that
2: one scene. Does yeah. anybody know why they actually were in that movie? Well, they I, br-
0: I, they brought Dick Cavett and Zsa Gabor into into part three for God's sake. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, they they were, uh,
1: they were they, probably they, hot at the time. They were probably you know maybe. big stars. It,
2: they, yeah, it, it it was the top of Roseanne. Like Roseanne was like super popular, but uh, maybe Roseanne or Tom Honor were really were, like, fans of the you know the franchise, and they said we want to be in it. and Of course, they're going to bring it in it. But I mean, what a what an awkward scene that was, anyways.
1: They jumped a shark on a shark. Yeah, <laughs> they they jumped two really big fat sharks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Well. I think we are really long on time this episode, so we do have a very special thing, unless one of you guys has something brilliant. I
1: actually actually would like to comment about the remake. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake um, from 2010. And I... uh, Okay, I'm going to preface this right off the bat. It is nowhere near as good as the original, but I thought it was a lot better than all of these horrible sequels. Um, Mm -hmm. I like... Jackie Earl Haley. Um, I, I think he's a great actor. Oh, he's and a great I actor. I th- I thought he did pretty darn decent. Um, bringing this character breathing some realistic life back into it. Um, it wasn't bad. I mean, if I had to rank all of these, I'd probably put this like in the top third. Know, like number number three. I I would put
0: it after number three, maybe. I didn't care for it, but um,
1: I I would
2: I, I would d- actually put a new new nightmare way before uh uh the remake. Um, really?
0: Yeah, I'd probably, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd put it uh I'd put new nightmare ahead of that. I and I didn't like new nightmare that much,
2: but no, I didn't either. Um, it was good at the beginning. Uh, a new nightmare. I thought it was a really good idea. It's a cool it, idea. I, Yeah, it had a lot of scream tones to it. Um, I believe... What? I
1: I was getting really uh, confused when the actor that played her dad in the original one...
2: John Saxon.
1: Yeah. um, he, He didn't seem as compassionate. And I'm thinking like... Dude, this is your daughter. She needs your help. And then it dawns on me, like, no, he's an actor playing. They yeah. they don't know each other in, right. like that. Yeah, they're, they're in, he's not really no relationship. Dad. Yes, yeah.
2: And what a missed opportunity for a new nightmare not to have uh, really explore uh, Robert England being in this movie as an actor who played the character Freddie. They just dropped the ball on that. I believe there was a scene where he, Robert England, actually uh, fell asleep and a Freddy spider who starts spinning them up in a web. And then they just decided to cut it because it didn't really fit the tone of what Wes Craven was trying to do. Also, uh, the new, like, like Uber, uh, Freddy, like they did for, you know, Jason X, like Uber Jason, uh, the makeup was horrible. It was yeah. just this like rubber mask. Uh, he was wearing leather pants. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I didn't if care. You, yeah. If you look at the makeup throughout the series, um, like the first makeup job that they did on Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, he looks freshly burnt. And he's got um, some texture to it. And it seems like it's uh, he's either sweating profusely or there's some sort of ooze or pus or something all over his skin. I mean, they probably just smeared Vaseline on it. But as the movies went on, it became more and more just simply a dried out rubber mask.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it and the, the
1: makeup was just got worse.
2: It wasn't scary. Like the like I I hope the listeners like understand this. Like, yes, we do like Nightmare and Elm Street. We we love Freddy. The original's great. We're not trying to bash like any movies that, you know, you really love. It's the problem I have with this franchise is that when you it's not scary after especially after three it's just tagline and punchline and you see freddy and he does monologues and jokes and it it just doesn't you know emotionally grab you anymore you're just watching this i mean it's it's pg movies basically yeah
1: it's like watching a horror version of jackass yeah kind of
0: but it i i i think it it Really doesn't work because the first one was scary. You know, the first one yeah. was a legitimate scary movie, and freddie was a was an intimidating figure.
1: Um, it's like they're parodies of the original. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um.
1: All right. That's all I have to say about that, Matt. Excellent. I'm all done, Mister Speak.
0: Excellent. Uh. Well, we do have to, to wrap things up. We have uh a little triv- game of trivia. And Mark is stretching right now. I'm not sure why. He's want to um, pull a hamstring. Yeah, I, don't, I guess he.
2: he I can't he's, go zero and three.
0: He's. I don't know what stretching's going to do for you, but uh, <laughs> but he's stretching. He's getting his brain worked. He's he's cracking his head. I don't know what's happening over there. I'm a little frightened for him. Uh, but this time, it's not Mark against me. No, no, no. This time, Mark is taking on the funny guy. Mr. Joe Jans, the guy, the guy who is still number one in Mark's daughter's, uh, not life, but in in her in her uh, fandom I, of this
1: show. I, I I wanted to say bedroom because <laughs> no no you well, don't want to that's say that's where bedroom. the the shrine of it of me is is I just just I don't know why she put it in there but. Well, like a she, shrine. It's
0: it's her room, so she set it there,
1: and Still uh, there I, I too. Can't, I can't help that. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like I feel like I'm Jake Paul going up against Floyd Mer- Merriweather right now.
1: So does that mean you're, I'm going to knock you out, and then just to keep the fight going a little longer, I'm going to carry you for thirty seconds? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he's going to do. Uh, I okay. Cover
0: the spread. Wake up. Well, this time we've got uh, a little trivia. Uh, on Nightmare on Elm Street. And, uh, well, let me get it set up here. All right, guys. Same rules apply. Same your, rules your, apply. Name your, your name is your buzzer. Joe. Your name is your buzzer. Once I say the line. Joe.
1: You say your name. All right. I'm just and, testing my buzzer. And whoever Mark. says,
0: yeah, there you go. Whoever Mark. says their name
1: first. Could you turn Mark's lag back on, please? Yeah. Mark, Mark, you know, Mark, Mark let, me, Mark. let me get that At back you. on there. it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, better all not you, be reg. You can mute him, right?
0: Uh, I could, yes, I could actually. No, actually, no, I can't. Uh, because believe me, I've wanted to. Uh,
1: so, uh, Joe, question number
0: one. Question number one. All right, guys, you guys right. And Joe, I, I think it would be nice if you had a little trivia, Nightmare on Elm Street trivia music, you know, here. Uh, and and maybe Dokken, Dokken. Uh, could yeah. be do it, do it. something. Yeah. Uh, we'll let that play for a minute. Or you know, Whatever. Uh, I don't think that's not how it de- goes. That's not how the doc the goes. Not, uh At any rate, number one. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Wes Craven, Knight, uh, director of Nightmare on Elm Street, had his directorial debut with which film? Joe? Joe?
1: Uh, last house Us on the left.
0: Yep. You got it. That would be, I, I don't have anything to mark this down, but that is one for Joe. Oh, hang
2: on. Do how, I need to how fast did I come in? Was I right after Joe?
0: You were right. It was. It was very close.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Hang on. I'm gonna keep score. Okay. Just so that I know. I know I,
2: I just. I just grab my pen too.
1: Okay. I don't trust Joe. Okay. So good okay. guys and bad guys. Uh, so that's <laughs> one. Okay.
0: Losers and winners. Dylan's favorites. And not,
1: not so favorites.
0: Okay, uh, number two, Heather Langenkamp beat out a number of actresses for the part of Nancy, many
1: of whom. Mark. Mark?
2: Oh, I, 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 I jumped the gun. I was thinking a new nightmare. You're probably thinking of.
1: We need an answer. Uh, yeah,
2: Wyona Ryder.
0: Nope. Uh, Joe, this is now your question. Okay. Uh, Heather Langenkamp beat out a number of actresses for the part of Nancy, many of whom would go on to become huge stars. Name two of them, Joe.
1: Oh. Uh, Courtney Cox. That's one. Um, Demi Moore. Yep. And, oh, actually, uh, there's a third. Uh, Claudia Wells who oh. uh, played Jennifer in uh, Back the original Back to the Future. Oh, she I, was one
0: I don't oh, have that one.
1: Something else that I found out that was very interesting is originally Charlie Sheen was supposed to be Although I, I hope I just didn't answer another question. Charlie Sheen was supposed to be Johnny Depp's part. Her, that's not uh, Heather Legenkamp's, uh boyfriend.
0: Yeah, that's not the one of the questions. But don't uh, don't do that too often. Because <laughs> uh, Jennifer Gray actually was one of the other ones. Um, oh. Jennifer
2: Gray would have been good.
0: Yeah, Freddie I, actually, could of put her in a corner. A, any of them would have been good. In fact, any of them would have been better
1: than Heather Langenkamp. Yeah,
0: I, I love her. Oh, I love, I love her. her. I know. I know. I know. I love her. And I've heard some interviews with her. And she's the sweetest person. The world, so I do not want to bash her. She's awesome. It's,
2: it's but
0: Clemson, Demi Moore, for God's sake. Um, okay, number three. The series was set in which state?
1: Marcho. Mark. Ohio. It was Ohio. I think there's a lag.
2: Don't stop <laughs> it. Question
1: uh, four.
0: The interior, uh, and we are now two for Joe, one for Mark. The interior of Nancy's house was used in the reshoots for the televised version of which horror film? Oh,
1: Joe. Joe, Joe. It was on the Halloween reshoots. The reshoots. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Halloween for the
0: television, the televised version. They used the interiors, um, which, of course, was before Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Number five. Oh, um, let me mark down Joe for that one That would be three for Joe One for
2: poor Mark You, you don't have to do that I'm keeping score, alright Don't try to get in my head
0: <laughs> Number five, who created the nursery rhyme in the films?
1: Oh, uh, Joe Yeah? Actually, it was two people It was Wes Craven wrote the lyrics But it was Heather Langenkamp's um, boyfriend That came up with the uh, the music line
0: uh I have it that he wrote the lyrics too actually uh, from a couple sources but
2: uh So that's I, wrong.
0: I, I'm not going to search it right now. So I'll, I'll give it to you, Jeff. No, this uh, Heather at
2: least she
1: said yeah.
0: her boyfriend is part of it, but uh, anyway, that's 4 to 1. Uh who which phrase is never spoken in the original film? Mark sucks. What? In what? fact, I can reword it. What two words are never spoken in the original film?
1: Joe. Yeah. Elm Street.
2: That is correct. Mother of God.
1: Yeah, they never talk about where they live. They show the they show the street sign.
2: Yeah they 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 show the street. It's, sign. It's never yeah. spoken. I said spoken. They, they never yeah, say
0: it. Yeah uh what is the color of the door to nancy's house joe 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 that's blue
1: that is correct it is they didn't change it until it, number two it, yeah the, it's it, it, red and the door the was
2: red it was red Joe in, came before me on that one yep it was red
1: in, go back and check the tape yep should we do it in slow motion <laughs> joe it was joe Mark.
0: uh it was red in every sequel uh what was the first film to not have a digit in the main title of the opening credits? Mark. Yes.
2: Freddy's dead.
0: No. <laughs> Joe. Uh num
2: no, the
1: the fifth one? The Freddy's final nightmare
0: the fifth one or freddie's final nightmare
1: uh i don't know, i don't care the fifth one
0: that would be the dream child and that is correct the dream child
1: yes the
2: dream child did not have
0: in, in the in the opening credits not
1: oh, in the I listings
0: so... or anything but in the opening credits of the movie it just says a nightmare on elm street uh colon the dream child If you look at and if you look it up online, it'll say part five in every everywhere you look. But in the actual opening credits, it doesn't say a number. Uh, a- number nine. How is the main villain named in the credits of the first film? And actually, the way they talk about him. What's his name?
1: Oh, Joe. Yeah. It's Fred. Fred, Fred Krueger. He doesn't. Yeah, become, I don't, I don't think he becomes Freddy.
0: Freddy until part three. Actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, right in the opening credits. They said. Uh, um, Robert England as Fred Krueger, yeah, which was weird.
2: This is um, a
1: massacre. Number no, 10. that's what? it's a nightmare. <laughs> number
0: ten. On which iconic horror movie did Wes Craven work as a second unit director prior to Nightmare?
2: Mm. Mar-
1: yes, Mark. I think he rung in. Unit. Are you are you I am it right now? No. <laughs> dee, 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 dee,
0: dee. Yeah. He's it looks like he's about to poop or he's in the middle yeah. of the pooping and it's a big one.
2: That uh, is uh, I I I spit on your grave.
1: No. Joe, <clears throat>
2: do you know this one?
1: No, actually I don't. It would be
0: Friday the thirteenth.
1: But that's Mark's favorite franchise. I know. Wait,
2: what?
0: He, he was a second unit director, and I believe uncredited, uh, because he was friends with Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham actually got him to be a director and, and produced Last House on the Left. Uh, and then as a favor, to, to return the favor, Wes Craven worked as a second unit director for Friday the 13th. Number 11. Makeup artist David Miller designed Freddie's makeup with what kind of food in mind? Joe. Yes.
1: Pizza. You are right. Pepperoni pizza, I believe. I yeah, I didn't find a what
0: kind. I just I read
1: pizza. Oh, this
0: is uh, this is getting ugly. Joe is because
1: uh, they even had the 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 uh, or no, I guess it was meatball pizza and one of those horrible horrible. Uh, sequels. Uh, With the Freddy faces as the sausages. uh,
2: So um, far, all I have is Ohio.
1: Yep. Good job, Mark. Good job, Mark.
2: Fantastic.
0: You know, also, the funny thing is they made, especially in part one, they made no no effort to hide... palm trees the palm like trees, there's yeah. palm trees all over part one in fact there's a scene when they go to the when they go to the uh funeral i think it's tina's funeral at the at the cemetery there's a giant scene it opens with them panning across a bunch yeah. of palm trees And yeah. this is supposed to be ohio
2: and then um, and then with johnny and uh and heather are up on the bridge uh johnny's eating like burgers and all that
1: oh, uh, it, uh, oh, oh yeah there's, i'm always there's, hungry yeah there's, yeah
2: there's, there's palm trees on that one too yep, yep. like crazy
0: Uh, Okay, number 12. Robert Shea founded New Line Cinema, and he is the brother of which actress?
1: I don't know.
2: I have no idea.
0: Uh, That would be Lynn Shea. She was actually the teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street, and she played the medium in the Insidious movies. Oh, the you know the woman who comes. Yeah, and,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, number thirteen. I who, I know her from the movie Kingpin.
0: Ah. Yeah. Number thirteen. Who directed part two? Oh, Joe. Yeah. Uh, shoulder. Yep. Jack Shoulder. Yeah. Number fourteen. Which '80s star turned down the role of Jesse Walsh in part, due, part two due to part other due <laughs> part,
2: <two. laughs> part two part two. Uh,
0: uh, uh due to other commitments?
1: I know this one. I'm waiting for Mark. I want to give you a, a fighting chance.
2: I don't. I don't know it.
1: Mark, what's what's one of my all-time favorite franchises?
2: Uh, Back to the
1: Future. Bingo. It was Michael J. Fox.
2: Michael J. Fox. You're kidding.
1: No. And actually, um, Brad Pitt and Christian Slater both uh, auditioned for that as well.
0: Really? Oh, wow. Really?
1: Yeah. I yep. did not
0: know that. I didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, a lot of people
0: auditioned for Johnny Depp's part. Nicolas Cage was considered. There was a, like every big actor. I think maybe even Tom Cruise. I can't remember who all. But there were a ton of actors that uh, auditioned for uh for Johnny Depp's part. Yeah. Uh, so, also
2: also a new nightmare um for uh the actress who uh played uh Julie, um other uh, Drew Barrymore auditioned for Julie and so did uh Wyona Ryder.
0: Oh. Uh okay. Which film was the only one to not use any variation of the original score from the first film?
2: Mark. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, part six.
1: No.
0: Joe, do you know it?
1: No, but if I'm just picking a number, I can guess. Number three?
0: No. It was part two. The only one did not use the theme. Number 16. Freddy's original knife glove was stolen from which of these sequels and to whom was it given?
1: Uh... Joe, yes. Um, It was number two, and Robert England stole it. Yes, because he heard there was a whole bunch of people that were going to go steal it, and so he uh, headed them off at the pass, and he stole it, and he gave it to his agent. Very good. And it's actually encased in a plastic cube with red and green neon around it.
2: What the? (laughs) And his agent will give it back. What did? What did? did,
1: It was this big article.
2: Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! it's just—it's just a like a scam. Like, are you telling Joe Like the answers in the
1: question? Did you before? did like, you how- not do any research? I today? did not research, research this. Is, I went I right went choice? on to every Nightmare on Elm Street. This was a big huge thing because originally, Robert England just a couple of years ago finally came out and admitted that he took it. That was like a big deal because nobody knew where it was. No yeah. oh my god!
0: Yeah, Mark, you gotta you gotta you gotta come. Uh, what is it? Come correct. Uh, number seventeen.
2: I don't know what that. Means. I, 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 what, what does that mean?
0: You got to come correct.
2: Come correct.
0: Exactly. Uh, number seventeen. The famous glove appeared in which non-nightmare film? Mark. Yes.
2: Friday Thirteenth. Uh, Jason goes to hell.
0: Not the one I'm looking for.
2: What? But it's.
0: I, I might give you half on that one. Anybody know?
1: Yeah, I, I'd give him half. Right, I, it was you. it was in there.
0: Uh, all right, I'll find. Uh, it actually was in Evil Dead 2. but it was just the glove. Not, I mean, Freddy was actually in that Jason goes to hell. But I mean, that technically his hand. Uh, but I'll Great. give it to I you to Mark.
2: I, I have one and a half. That that even <laughs> that even makes it worse.
0: I, you know, I, I what I do, what you, do I have, Mark? Makes 0. it even 5. worse. Yeah, point five. What oh, do and, I have, and Mark? Actually, one of those, I misspelled your name. All right. um, Yeah, yeah Joe's got a lot. Twelve. A lot to, to one and a half. Uh, number 18. In part three, the character of Jennifer is watching a movie. Which movie?
2: Uh,
1: Joe. Yeah. Evil Dead? No. Hmm. Evil Dead too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it no, it was a classic movie. Uh do, do,
1: do, do, Joe. Now it was critters. Uh
0: Number nineteen, which big? we
1: going to dwell on that at all.
0: Yeah, big, which number nineteen? Which big time director was credited for the screenplay
1: of Part Three? Oh, Joe Frank Darabont. Yep, Frank Darabont, director of I what movie, Joe? Uh, take your pick. The Mist. He did the walk. He was the showrunner on The Walking Dead, Shawshank Redemption, Shawshank Redemption, and yeah. The Green Mile. Yeah.
0: Provide me, number 20, provide me with both Freddie's, um I'm sorry, fr- provide me with both Freddie's mother's birth name as well as her nun name. Mark, Joe, Mark, if you can get one of them, I'll give you the thing. Amanda. Amanda Kruger, and do you remember
1: her nun you name? Didn't,
2: you didn't give the last quiet, name? Quiet, Joe. <laughs> no,
1: I, I don't remember. It. So that should be another half point. Joe, do you know the nun's name? <laughs> Uh, sister, was it Anna? Yeah, is it? Sister
0: Mary Helena. All right, Mark, oh. I'll give you a half.
2: So, so I have two. So you have no, two have points two. now.
0: Thank you. And then, well, this one was in case of a tie, but we might as well. Uh, who chose to cast Zaja Gabor in the interview scene in part three? And why did they choose
1: that? Joe. Yeah. Dick Cavett did, because he thought she was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: He thought she was the dumbest person he'd ever met in his life, and he'd never have her on his show in real life. Yep. All right. Well, we do know that all these
2: questions are, like, behind the scenes, like, dig deeps, Like, nothing about movies, how a character dies, how Freddy was resurrected.
0: Yeah, all I can tell you, Joe, which time when 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 it's time for Halloween, Mark, Mark, I come correct. I read IMDb. You got to come correct. when it comes time for the trivia (laughs) of Halloween. I mean, you can you're going to be able to tell me very like specific little lines and I'll tell you exactly who said those lines.
1: I'm going to tell him what brand of latex they use to pour the William Shatner mask. Exactly, and that's I what I'm going get to tell him. So,
2: right. oh, so I can, so I can go deep and hard for, uh, for all these questions. Yeah,
1: I, f- yeah, phrasing.
2: Easy, easy, <laughs> <not> job. Easy, <laughs> wow. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> no, don't go in there. Come on. Don't
1: go Joey. deep and hard,
0: <laughs> Joey. <All> Joey, <laughs> right. come on. Well, I think we have. Killed the Friday the th- or I'm sorry the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and
1: uh oh wait 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 let's oh do this right oh yeah yeah we well, gotta give the yeah, score true. that's true what was the official tally mark Uh see what I did there the official tally mark <laughs>
2: <laughs> I lost count but I I, I mean if, it was if a questions. so it, it was nine nineteen
1: to two no it was fourteen to two yeah I think it was fourteen to two I yeah. got fourteen. Counts. Joe didn't know if mm-hmm. you, but you got two there, little buddy. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you're, you're a you're a grower. Did, you, did did you did you watch the movies, Mark, or did, I did you just watch like the read movies. the? I mean, those are, those did you read the cliff notes?
0: Hey, Mark. Watched, or, uh, actually, Joe, can you uh, isolate that that voice audio where Mark says, "I got to go deep and hard"?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. I will. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: there we go every time he gets
1: one wrong that's gonna. yeah you know, i'm gonna go deep no and more, hard. no more x or gong it's just gonna i'm gonna go deep and hard yeah oh
0: my god uh all right, and
1: all the, I'm going to go deep and hard and all that type of stuff, and all that <laughs> and all that
0: and everything. Uh, yeah. Okay, well that is it for this week, and it's been a fun one. Uh, I don't know what our theme is going to be next time. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come up with one. I I hope it's not just one franchise because I don't think I can. No, I don't want to do a again. franchise yeah, either. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure something else out. Uh, we might have a special guest. Have Maybe yeah. a special guest. Uh, I'm working on it. We'll see. Otherwise, we will be back in two weeks. And, uh, Going
1: deep and hard. We will go deep and hard. So I could go deep and, and hard. Play,
0: Joe, play us out with a little uh, Freddy rap. Fat boys. Please yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Do it. All right. The dude mine. Thanks, everybody. So we'll see you next time.
2: Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. So I could go deep Wait. and hard. So I could go deep and hard.